Hey, I'm Sean. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And you're listening to the Anime Triad. We're back once again with another movie review, and this time we just watched Full Metal Alchemist, the sacred star of Milos. And Sean's gonna start us out with his uh, thoughts and grade. Cool. Um, this is the only Full Metal Alchemist movie, correct? Technically, there's two, but the okay. first one they did, The Conqueror of Shambhala, is related to the original series that wasn't finished the manga didn't finish yet it was it was done way early and it diverted very weirdly after spoiler alert hughes's death so like it it like it went a very different direction that one is connected to that show only this one is is supposed to be with the brotherhood story not it doesn't really matter it's just full malcolm's period so it could work with anyone but this is the only one that stands alone cool um yeah i this movie's kind of long um usually that we're long yeah usually we're used to an hour 20 tops hour 30 maybe yeah so it's just short of two hours overall i liked it um i quite enjoyed it actually um a lot of cool things um the fights at the end the fight between edward and who we find out later to be atlas and not actually ashley and then even more so when the real Ashley pulls a mountain from Game of Thrones and squeezes Atlas's head and like, squeezes it till it explodes. And then finally the fight between the real Ashley and Edward. I thought we had some uh, quite a handful of good, even if they were short, good action fights with some great animation. A lot of back and forth. Uh, I felt the story had a fair amount of um, different threads throughout. There was two things that bugged me a little bit. One's just a tiny nitpick. And the other one, I felt like they, they could have really reassessed how they presented this movie. So the nitpicky one was this movie came out after this, from what I understand, after full metal alchemist finished. Correct. Um, and, you couldn't tell that by the animation, for at least for the first half of the movie. The quality, I was watching it and I was like, is, am I watching Brotherhood animation or am I watching original animation? It, it was not as clean as it could have been, but towards the end, especially in the fights, it was much better. And I can definitely understand if you have a set budget, you want to put more equity into the places where you really wanted to shine. So I, that's why it's a nitpick, and that's why I can be okay with that. And with the Super Broly movie, right? Sure, exactly. So, yeah, that's a nitpick. And then um, the thing that I would just... I understand why they did it, and it was kind of cool, but I just felt like they made it too complicated. So they have this colonel or this commander who we find out is Ashley at the end. And he's kind of, you don't know if he's pulling the strings. There's so many, what we think of as villains, like 
you got the chimeras and then what the you think the bat people are and then it's this general who we later found as ashley and then it's this alchemist who we think is ashley but it's not ashley and there's too many pieces moving at once it's like like uh, spider-man 3 almost like too much too many villains happening (laughs) and so you're like okay who really is what what's going on like who's pulling the strings and there's not really anybody like they all have their own motives and stuff like that which is cool it adds some depth and it shows that characters are can be more um complicated than just say i'm a bad guy because i'm a bad guy they have their own motives and they have their own reasonings behind doing certain things some of them are just because they're jerks and some of them it's because they think they're doing something good but i felt like they overcomplicated it there was this twist that towards the end where we realized it's not Ashley and it's Atlas. And you're like, oh, wow. Okay. So like all roads point to there's the big bad. Um, Ashley's dead. Okay. And you could have left it like that. Like you could have left it that way and had a satisfying movie. They did bring back Ashley, which is also cool. It's also awesome that he survives. But after we kind of established Atlas as being the bad guy, and then it's 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 very Naruto esque. It's like it's Obito, but then no, it's Madara, but then no, it's Zetsu or Kaguya, but then no, it's Zetsu, and it's just like one after another after another. Not as not the exact same though, but a little a little bit. I I don't know. Like I I don't know what the answer is. Um, but I feel like they could have t- like tied all these ends together in something a little more seamlessly than just a one after another after another and kind of kind of moving you around so to speak it's almost like you got whiplash because too many things are happening at once um so yeah i mean overall i think it's a great movie it's a good story it's a little long there's some places especially where they go into the underground caves right before they realize the star of milos is probably a philosopher's stone like all that's kind of drawn out um i would give it an a a maybe an a minus Good movie, a little too long. They were trying some new stuff at the end, which I can appreciate. And it's not like it failed, because it didn't. But I don't think it... I think there was a different way that they could have gone about it to where it wasn't as um, as much of a whiplash for the audience. So, I am a huge fan of this movie. So I first saw it back in 2011 when it came out. And then I watched it again with Mike. First time Mike saw it. Yeah, Mike, I, we watched it together. We did. Um, Mike, this is your second time seeing it, right? Yes, sir. This is my like fourth time seeing this movie. <laughs> okay. And this is my first. Yeah. And so I like the different perspectives. I, I'm actually quite surprised Sean gave it an A. I really did. Because most people, when they watch it, they go, they're like, oh, it's a B, B minus. You know, they give it a lower rating because they don't care for the character rendering. You know how the characters are kind of drawn, and like so, because it's it's a little more loosey goosey on the front here, right? So is a silly reason for me, like why you would give a movie a worse grade. Like, okay, so it's a little ugly, like it's still good. Like, like and so and so, I'm I'm glad Sean gave it an A because I think it is a very good movie. There's a lot that goes on as much as I want to. It is not an S movie. It's an A movie, and I might give it a a, a plus, maybe maybe we'll stick with A. We'll just stick with A. It's not an S because there are a couple things that do bother me about what was in the movie because the the movie's really long, but there's some things in the movie we don't need that didn't really play in any factor into what's going on. 
Example, meeting the old man who's the auto mail technician. Because we don't need that because we don't need Winry. Now, I don't have a problem with Winry. Love it. But you don't need it. You don't have to pause for him to go get his arm fixed. You just ignore it. It doesn't get broken. Like, that's fan service because he's always breaking his arm. And Winry's always fixing it. Like, but I think a lot of people also like Winry. Yeah. So this is okay because it's that play on, like, the show. It's after the show is over, so you bring these things back, but you don't you don't need it, but you're there because it's not a spin-off, like it's not a continuation of the the show. So you're trying to include people into like get you try to include other characters, right? And get people back in. Which is why Roy is there. Hawkeye does her turnaround shoot. Though you don't actually see Roy burn anybody up. Yeah. Darn. Right? You you see you see just the end of it. <laughs> Which is funny because you see you see people peel like skin off their ribs and their head yeah, explode, but you can't show a, a chimera. Of... You can't show a chimera burst into flames. Yeah, there was a lot so, of gruesome stuff in this movie, actually. Well, it's the show was the same way. So yeah. I have a theory about the animation. When you are doing a show, the show has time. You have a crew, like you have a team who is working on this all the time. Now, if you notice, this is still Bones. Bones is still the same people who did the original show. Bones is also people who do My Hero Academia. And they did the My Hero movies. So this is where they started. So what I think happened is they had this crew. And then after this crew, they're like, well, we want to do a movie, but we just need somebody to, to do this, okay? So they bring in Bones. Bones is just trying to, they're probably younger than, they're probably just to put out a, a decent enough product, which there's so much movement. So to save money, because there's so much movement in action, you're going to sacrifice the quality a little bit. Even though in the show, there's a lot of really high quality, but also the animation got weird. Unless you remember like the last part of the father fight where Ed punches him and the animation matches the movie. So I think when they're trying to really indicate like, like the chimera transformation, like they're just trying to really show this thing is kind of, kind of brutal, kind of nasty. Let's, uh, but how can we do it in a quick manner, but also not drop a ton of money on, on like, you know, on the animation because this is just a standalone story. It's also technically not canon, by the way, because the point in the show before they learned about the Philosopher's Stones and how they're made after they go back to the library from Dr. Marco, right? Yeah. All the time where they would have that work, where the time is constrained to go exploring, would have been before that. As soon as they learn, there is no break in the story for them to go, go to this place. Yeah, I think I think we talked about that when we watched it years ago. Yeah, so there's no break yeah. in the story for that. It, I'm okay with that because I think it's still a really great story. Anyway, yeah. animation, yeah, it is weird. The music is incredible. Yeah, the or, the background score is awesome. the The little intro song, which was really short, like I was kind of hoping to be a little longer. Like the little intro song they did when they get on the train, and it's just kind of like, oh, here's 30 seconds and it's done. Ending song was really good. Killer guitar solo. Story, really great. I, I thought there was a lot of expositional parts that we didn't really need, or we could have saved time, especially dealing with like 
Julia talking sometimes. It just seems... I actually... uh, uh, Some of those parts clarified something for me, and I'm going to get to that in my part. Yeah, and and I will say, there's great story writing, because if you look like her interactions with fake brother, with Atlas, before she knows it's him, he's asking questions, and she's like... She's so excited that they're writing her excitement. She goes, do you remember this? Remember when you did it? And then they do the backstory... And it's like she's answering her own question for him. So all he has to do is close out. Like in the cave. He's like, that seemed like a lifetime ago. That is such a vague, open answer. That it it's you don't even think about it unless you've watched the movie. You're thinking, oh, okay, this must be the dude. Yeah. And you heard like in the thing, you heard like some attack thing. But then like he has a scar. You're like, maybe he just got scarred from the attack. And so they, they did a great job disguising you don't see anything coming if you watch this for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, it's really great. Um, real Ashley coming in at the end, all, you know, Dr. Doom style with his helmet and just like blowing up his face. That's incredible. It was, it was great writing. I, and I agree with Sean. There's a lot of twists and turns here. And if you're not paying attention, you will get lost very quickly about what is what and who has what. But yeah, to me, a movie... Strong, strong film. Love it. Cool. Yeah, man. Um, So for me, I think, actually, I want to give it an S. So I'll just talk about a few things where, as far as the length is concerned, the two hours, despite it being almost two hours, it still didn't feel as long as the first Digimon movie. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's that's the real power of quality like story writing is that you don't feel like it's dragging on. You're just like you just keep wanting to know what's next. And I think that the advantage of that is that, you know, when you're making a movie after a show is over, you want to give the fans what they want. You know, nothing is more disappointing than, like, show's been over for a while, movie comes out, and you go see it, and you're like, really? That's what they did? Just your typical, like, here's a bad guy, we stop the bad guy, yay, yay, we're done? Like, come on. You gotta add some stuff in there. And I think that was their intention. I mean, that's why Winry was there, right? It's like, yeah, the show's been over for a while. Let, you know, Winry's always fixing his auto mail. Let's just, you know, that's that's why we have the 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 dude. But oh, the, I know a guy who's got some parts. Like, yeah, you but know. the show. Uh, but here's the thing. So the last episode of the show aired, and then they and on that last episode when the, when this when the show finale aired, they had the advertisement for the movie. Yeah. So it wasn't like they waited a year. The movie was out within nine, ten months of the last episode airing. Yeah, and not not to say it was that that they only do that if it's been a long time, but just like if you're gonna make a movie post end of a show, uh, it's it's like you want to give the fans what they want. You know, don't 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 be cheap on it. Don't just like, here's a bad guy. Here's how we beat him. Woo! I liked everything about it. Now, the thing that got clarified for me, I've always wondered about the end of the show. Um, well, I, I guess not really wondered. Like, I, I, it worked for me that Edward gave up his door of truth to get Al's body back. Yeah. Right? And and for me, that was always like, that's clever, But I think what this movie made clear is that when Julia was talking about 
the reward for human transmutation or, for or whatever is the door like that access to the door is like a desirable thing that people want and the show never really made it that clear like as far as the show talks about human transmutation you want to bring someone back to life like that's supposed to be the reward but it's unattainable and i think that probably somewhere along a mestrian like lore or something access to the door was kind of like oh no it's it's about bringing people back to life or it's about human transmutation or whatever um so that that made it oh like no wonder it works like to give the door for al's body because that's what the equivalent exchange was the whole time it wasn't even about human transmutation that's just something that like happens to well and it doesn't even work so that proves it even further. Yeah. Because, like, what did they transmute? They transmuted some ugly, like, blah, that fell apart in two seconds. So, like, it kind of makes it clear what they think is a human transmutation circle is actually access to the door of truth. And that's what they gave Al's body for and, and Ed's leg. Um. So, yeah, I just that, that was really cool that that kind of clarifies that particular aspect of the show and of the plot. Um, so that's why that's part of why I didn't really mind the exposition, even though it, it might've been a, a lot. And it, of course it <laughs> contributes to the length of the movie. Uh, but I, it did serve a purpose, at, at least to me. Well, and you're right. And I think it also goes back to in the show when they're talking about um, how father has, you know, bastardized alchemy, how, yeah. how, you know, even in Kreta, or Milos, sorry, the Milosians talk about the magma, and then and then over in Shing they talk about the the power of the tectonic plate, you know, the tectonic earth power, like like and while like Amestris is the only one that's different. And you know what? Now that you mention Father, it totally makes sense. Like, okay, because think about it, this procedure is for access to the door of truth. So the only people you're going to get to actually try this thing are like power-hungry madmen. You obviously don't want to encourage more of that. So how do you get people to open the door of truth to be sacrifices for your thing? You make them believe they can bring their loved ones back with it. Yeah. And eventually you'll get people desperate enough to try it and they become the sacrifices. So that even adds up even further. That, like, the whole human transmutation thing was just, like, a lie set up by father to get sacrifices. What a bitch. Like, holy shit. Like, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's a lot, man. So, for me, it's an S. Just, like, the fact that it clarifies that on top of being an excellent movie. Like, I love the twists. I love that you don't always know who the real bad guy is. And that sometimes you think you do and it's not, but then sometimes you think you do and it is, but it isn't. And then it, like brother is back and, you know, it's it's just cool stuff. It's an S for me. Um, oh. I enjoyed it the whole time. <laughs> you know, another thing that it does is it, it expands the world of yeah. Full Metal Alchemist Forest. Because we never go west. We talk about Drachma, right? We talk about Drachma. Mm -hmm. We talk about the east with um, the Ishvalans and the Ishvalan Uprising and Leora and all that stuff. We never go west. Except you hear about West in the show when I think Breda got sent West. Yeah, like they 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 casually just sort of on the side. They said the word West with Breda. They like, said the word West, right? Yeah. So you get to see 
more about Kreta. You see this really cool town they developed. Like, this is... That was next level right there. How, like, underneath it is Kreta, but we get to keep the tabletop city. So, expanding the world is really great. I I honestly wish they did more. And the... Well, here's the thing. We saw Drachma on the north, right? With the with Briggs. East is... You know, East is Ishval, but it's also... Oh, what? The Shing. The Shing. Yeah. The south is actually Risenbull. Because Risenbull is in the south when you look at the map. Is I thought Ishval was also kind well, I guess it was southeast. It's south it's southeast, yeah. Yeah. But they talk about the Eastern Uprising. Yeah. So it's it, so Risenbull is is down there too. So now it, it makes sense. They've covered the pretty much map, everybody pretty around much. that yeah. they talk about. So yeah, great movie. Also, how about so I brought this up while like we were watching the movie, but when after Miranda gets stabbed and she's on the ground and like she gets back up and stabs Atlas, she has a, a submachine gun strapped to her arm though. It took more effort for her to stab him than to literally just shoot him full of bullets. Movie's done. <laughs> Movie's over, y'all. That's it. We good. <laughs> like Miranda could have ended that then. Thanks for listening today, guys. We can't do this podcast without our listeners and supporters like you. If you would like to support this podcast, please consider checking out our Patreon. And remember, check us out and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Anime Triad as well.